and welcome to today's episode of the Metaspiritualist Metaspiritual Talk. I'm your host, Marla, and through today's journey, we have the pleasure of talking with Reverend Black Fire and learn a little bit about when she learned of her gifts for interpreting names and decoding the Bible, as well as how she's developed the self-realization of a goddess course to help thousands of women become self-realized and self-accountable. Blackfire is an ordained metaphysical minister. She holds the degree of Master of Metaphysical Science from the University of Metaphysics and is a member of the International Metaphysical Ministry. She is an expert and teacher of metaphysics and self-realization for several years. She specializes in the metaphysics of the womb, power of words, and symbolism. She is also a cosmic birth doula. And y'all, when I tell you that she really is a cosmic birth doula, I'm telling you, you're going to hear about it in this episode. So hang back and enjoy. For today's grounding activity, we will be reading from the Reflections Inspiration for Your Inner Journey by Yogi Amrit Desai. And today's pull is from Self-Love. It is normal to have negative qualities, but hating them nurtures them. Focus on nurturing good qualities and the negative ones will fade. Hi, Kamisha. Welcome to the Meta Spiritualist. How are you? Hi, I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Okay, so we'll jump right into it. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is this dream that I had a few nights ago. Um, before I went to sleep, I was on TikTok listening to some other, you know, spiritual, you know, some people are self-proclaimed spiritual gurus, right? Mm -hmm. And um, right before I shut off the app, I was on someone's like just main page. And I realized in that moment why they call it TikTok. Because people, if you look at all the frames, they're, movements are very subtle and so it all it, it felt like it almost put me in a trance and I said oh shit I need to like close this app because as I was in that that mode I heard this noise in my ear that was like woom, woom, like that and so I shut the app off and I was like let me go to sleep so I went I laid down and my, my baby, the baby sleeps with me. And um, so I laid down and uh, I fell off into sleep. And then I ended up waking up somewhere, but I've, I don't recall ever having a dream where I felt like I was actually like in another place. And so in this other place, I was, I was pregnant again or carrying the most recent baby. And my husband and I were on our way to the hospital and I kept telling him, I do not want to go to the hospital this time. Like you need to either take me back home or take me to, I don't even remember the, the place, but it, I said the place that I wanted to go. And he was like adamant, like, no, we're headed to the hospital. And I was like, no, we are not. And so we get to this place and it was like a birthing center, but it looked like a house. And as we walked in, you welcomed us in. And there were other women like preparing the place that I would go to deliver the baby. 
And I literally could feel everything. Like I felt him, you know, holding my hand. I felt you, you know, ushering me into this place. And you were so amazing. Like as I was birthing this baby, you were like, it's okay. You know, you've got this. Like you were very gentle and nurturing. And my husband was looking at you like, wow, like we didn't get this experience before, right? And so when the baby came out, I caught the baby and immediately brought the baby up to my, to my um, chest and, you know, was holding the baby. And because my husband was so used to cutting the umbilical cord with the first two, he went to cut the umbilical cord and you stopped him. And you said, you better not cut that cord. And he Mm -hmm. looked at you and you were like, it's not time yet. Do not cut the cord. And as soon as you like made that, that stance and I I was like, you better listen to her. And then I woke up and when I woke up, I heard that sound again and literally was like in a sweat, like as if my body had came back into like my, myself had came back into my body. And I looked over at the baby and she was knocked out (laughs) and I was like, okay, Kamisha really is a cosmic doula. (laughs) Wow. So I just wanted to share that with you. I am blown away by that. I am, okay, let me just say this. A lot of people have had dreams like that about me. Wow. By a lot, I mean, if if off the top of my head, it's probably like a good five people. Um, that I could think of. I'm sure it's something I'm probably forgetting, but people will inbox me. They will call me. They will say, hey, I had a dream that you was my doula. I had a dream that you was helping me birth a baby. I've had so many dreams about me helping other people. Mm -hmm. Um, Off the top of my head, it's probably about a good four or five times I've dreamed about helping someone birth their baby. So I, that... (laughs) I believe that I, that I've already done this, like in some type of past life, I believe that I was like this grandmother. That's also why I believe a lot of women are attracted to me because I'm like the mother type to them. Mm -hmm. Um, I've found that some women that are attracted to me, um, a pattern is that their mother is no longer living or maybe they had, um, a bad experience with their mother and so they're attracted to me right so I just feel I just think that in a past life and I'm redoing it now in a different kind of way that um I was like some kind of grandmother I was like a a doula Mm -hmm. um that I probably ran like some type of mystery school because I've had dreams like that too um like a mystery school specifically for women Mm -hmm. um these things is very common, like what you said, but I'm still always like, oh my God, I can't believe that. Cause it's, it just gives me more confirmation that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And like, people always ask me, even just the other day, somebody asked me, you know, where did you get the confidence to quit your job? And, and you, I'm not thinking this might be one of your interview questions, <laughs> like stand yeah. firm in your I am. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, because of things like this, because I had dreams. Other people have had dreams. I get all kinds of signs and symbols. Even a dream that I told you that I had about you. It's like yes. the universe constantly talks to me and tells me these things. And it sometimes I get a slap on a wrist. Like this morning, that was a slap. 
That mm -hmm. was like a slap, letting me know what was going on. And then sometimes I get the other end, like you telling me that you had the dream that I was helping you birth a baby. So it's kind of letting me know you're doing the right thing, but here's where you're screwing up at too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that was, it, it. that's amazing. And like this morning when you sent that email, I was literally laying in the bed nursing the baby. And when I saw it come through, I opened it. And I remember... Um, you, you know, you were talking about um, time in my name and we'll, we'll get to that. But when I saw the email come through, I was like, okay, I got to hurry up because I don't want to be late. <laughs> you know, because there was, you know, the two times that um, I booked the, the decoding sessions with you for the, the self-realization course, mm -hmm. um, I, for whatever reason, it didn't get on my calendar and I'm like laying in the bed thinking that I have time. <laughs> it's like, I get a call from you. Marla, did you remember we have a meeting today? <laughs> okay, right. So right. I didn't want I didn't want to get into that today. I was like, no, I, this is work for me. So I have to be there. Mm -hmm. And I want to be cognizant yeah. of your time, you know? Thank you. So we'll go ahead and get into the question. So my first question for you is, how did you come up with the name Black Fire Nation and what was the vision of the movement? Okay, that's a good question. I love that question. Um, I came up with the name Black Fire Nation because my name literally breaks down to mean Black Fire. <laughs> um, the Kim part on my name, like is, is relative to Kemet or Kamisha is, or I, I could say, this is how I know that I have something in Egypt, I'm connected to that because I could call myself a commission because my name is Kamisha, so I call myself a commission, um, which is relative to Kemet, and Kemet really means black, right? Okay. So that's how I get the black part in my name, and then the Isha part in my name in the Hebrew language, Isha means fire. So mm -hmm. when I put it together, I came up with black fire. Now, the word nation is because I wanted to build, you asked what the vision was. Number one, I wanted to build a society or a nation of, of women who, who were self-realized. And we can talk about what that means too as well a little bit later, but a society of women who were self-realized, who, who knew who they were, who knew their power, um, who were self-accountable and who understood their feminine energy. Um, and then nation also means in the Hebrew language, well, it comes from the Hebrew word umma. Mm. And Uma also means mother. Um, mm. In other languages, Uma means mother. So mm. really, Black Fire Nation is like, um, it's the balance between darkness and light, because fire represents light, right? Mm -hmm. It's the balance between darkness and light. And the nation is the, the mother, the mother part, because that's where you really learn it at. By, when you go into the feminine part, you start learning the metaphysics behind the masculine part. So you mm. get balanced. And that, um, yeah. and that's that's how I came up with it. I wanted it to be about learning about the the, the divine feminine, which is behind or underneath uh, the masculine, and for women to really be able to grasp that, so that they could teach it to the, the their masculine counterparts, whether it be their sons, their husbands, their brothers, mm -hmm. or whatever. That was the goal. Cool, cool. So when you when you talk about breaking down your name, like when did you know you had the specific spiritual gift of interpreting names? Like, did it come to you in a dream? Did you, you know, 
look at a name and it pop out, you know. I li- I think about the Da Vinci Code when all the little symbols are I know, right? Coming. When, when, That's like when one of my happened. favorite movies ever. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is, because it's like he does it so fast. And and okay, anyway, to answer your question, um, you know what? I don't know if there was like a specific time when I was like, oh, I have a gift for breaking down words or names. Um, I will tell you that um, where, where I did realize that I had the gift of clear audience, that was the beginning of me realizing that I was able to hear. Uh, deeper than I'm just going to say maybe the average person or maybe someone whose gifts are not as advanced as mine, right? So um, it really started when I was back in Christianity and I was studying the Bible and I was studying, I tell the story in a self-realization class. I had um, got to the point where I, where I wanted to just fast from everything and I cut everything off. I will come home from work, no TV, no radio. I will cook dinner. And while I was cooking, I would listen to the Bible. I would sit down, I would read the Bible. I would fall asleep reading the Bible. And then I started to hear things mm. when I was falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And I remember I started writing it down because it was just like, I'm not really hearing this shit. Like, I was, well, I'm sorry. I, heard <laughs> I don't know oh, if no, that's okay. Fine. No, listen, okay. this, is, this is a free-flowing... Okay. Non-judgmental <laughs> space. So you're good. Okay. Okay. So one of the first things I heard was it's time to go home. I specifically mm. remember that. Um, one of the other things I heard was um, your mission was always to protect women. That's another th- reason why like, I know that what I'm doing, I'm in alignment with my I am because <laughs> I heard it. Right. So um, when I, it's not like I was just hearing these little words here and there. Like I would hear entire sentences and I would just be like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And as I did that, the more I looked at words, I guess it was because of my hearing was just so intense. I would hear what the letters was really saying. Like I would be able to look at it and be like, like stretch it out and be like, oh, this is really saying X, Y, and Z. Cause it was like, if you listen to the sound of each letter, mm-hmm. And you divide it, if you say it slow and you divide it up, you will hear deeper what is actually being said. So to answer your question, I believe that first my gift of clear audience kicked in. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I started seeing deeper into words, which words and names are, you know, pretty much the same thing. But of course, I got very intrigued by names because of what my name, um, my name also, I know it's Black Fire, but my name, my last name is McDuell. Mm-hmm. Right. And that breaks down to mean to do well in speaking, because that's what an MC is or a microphone controller. That's how mm-hmm. I broke it down. Anyway. But what tripped me out was the letters MC um, in the Roman numerals. M is 1000 and C is 100. So mm-hmm. it's 1100. Mm-hmm. So I have a way of decoding the Bible. I went in the Bible and I looked up the number 1100. Mm-hmm. Long story short. And it means language. Wow. So that means my name means to do well in language yeah so when I found that I was really like that's when I was like oh this is a gift mm-hmm. that I had yeah so I would say it, it was in that I said I didn't know in what moment I would say it was in that moment when I realized that my last name was to do well in language that's when I started realizing it was a gift but I still didn't fully accept it then because mm-hmm. people were saying I was crazy and I couldn't do this and that with letters and you making that up and 
you know, people wow. just argue with me. They don't do that as much anymore, but yeah. <laughs> so you know what? That was gonna be my next question because you you realized this gift under studying Christianity, like you were a self-proclaimed Christian at the time. So um what type of pushback did you get <laughs> when you when you started to share this gift? Like, you know, because some some religious people are more uh, you know, they're judgmental. And so they're going to come and tell you what God said. So what, what was your um, stance? Like, how did you, how did you combat opposition? I'm not going to say negativity because it's all, not all negative, but it was the opposition of you expressing these gifts that, that you felt came to you at that time. Yeah. Oh, I was, well, let me just set the record, say it for the record that I'm an Aries. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they considered me to be the Ram and I would, I would, I would, I would go toe to toe with people. Mm -hmm. um, if anyone was to go on my YouTube page and go back to 2015 to maybe even to, I don't know, did I start 2014 or 2015, but at least 2015, if you go to one of my oldest videos, it's called Amen Ra, it's something like Amen Ra in the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, you will see me getting cursed out in those comments. <laughs> wow. So you were getting, you were getting it from all angles, like from oh, people yeah. that, that you knew and people Even the so-called woke people. Oh, wow. It wasn't just Christians. It was the, it was the woke people too. They were like, what I was doing with letters and moving words around and stuff like that. It was like, they was like, Mm -mm, you can't do that you can't do that they would be like well do that in this language and do that in that language and I was like if I spoke Japanese I'll be able to do it in Japanese too right because Doesn't matter. that's who you are that's that's right you, yeah wow yeah. wow so, yeah <laughs> but when I, when I first so-called woke up and I started um saying things about the bible and I started interpreting it a little bit different than the average Christian mm -hmm. um they were coming at me Cause I was heavily, I was heavily into Jesus. Not that I'm not now, it's just in a different way. Right? right. But I was heavily, you know, you couldn't tell me nothing about my Jesus. And, um, so I, I, by the same fire that I got now for metaphysics, I had the same thing. And so I would attract a lot of Christian people and they would follow me and everything. And mm -hmm. so when I start kind of twisting that and changing that, they started being like, hold on, you know, you said what, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and I just got kind of uncomfortable with it. Like, and I just threw that page away and created a whole nother Facebook page. Wow. <laughs> I ran, basically, I ran. <laughs> Do you wish that you would have, um, before deleting it, maybe kept it or, you know, downloaded a copy so that you can reflect Well, back I still on have it? it. Oh, okay. It's still open. I just don't really go on there that often. Oh, okay. Got it, got it. Yeah. All right. So my next question is, um, you started the No Pussy for Boys movement. When did you decide to make a whole course around self-realization and No Pussy for Boys? Yeah, that's a really good question, too, because um, I don't know if people really know, get the connection between that, even the people that follow my page. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started, you know, No Pussy for Boys and I started um teaching about the power of the divine feminine and women really having so much choice in who they mate with 
I got a lot of pushback from women. And I thought that that was so interesting because the men were like cheering me on. It was like they were thirsty for that. It was like they wanted women. You know, sometimes men will be like, choose better. When they hear us complaining and stuff, they would be like, you need to choose better. So it was like, here it was a woman that was finally saying that like, yes, sis, the men that you're choosing, you're attracting them. You're creating that experience. You're not using discernment. Da, da, da. So it was like, I was like their savior. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, a woman finally gets what we have been saying that we have been telling y'all this whole time that y'all are the ones with the power. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, so men was with it, but a lot of women, they did not want to hear that. And, and they were like, especially when it came to them understanding that these experiences that they were having with quote unquote ain't shit men, they were uh, attracting and creating those experiences and they fought me tooth and nail. And I understand because I did it too. When I first started learning about the law of attraction and you create your own reality and mm -hmm. um, I denied it too. <laughs> I wow. fought it too. Um, but um, with the no pussy for boys, you know, the more I felt all this pushback from women, the more, Actually, you know, I'm going to be very specific. One of my Facebook friends, and I'll give her a shout out. Her name is Ashley, Ashley Bernadette. One day we were on the phone and she was like, Kamisha, you need to put together like a step-by-step -step process of how you went from, even back from Christianity to this whole, this goddess thing. Mm -hmm. And this, this idea that you have that you're fully self-accountable for what you create and da 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 And you know, because women are having a hard time grasping how they are creating these experiences and mm -hmm. that kind of encouraged me to do it that was one thing that was a major thing that said you want to know what I think I am going to do that and then one day I was talking to my dad and I was telling him I don't even remember what I was talking to him about I think I was talking to him about self-accountability mm -hmm. and because my dad is an ex-addict he was like yeah they talk about that in the 12-step program they talk about, you know, um, creating, um, I forget which step it is, but he was like, they talk about, you know, discerning your own th people that you have heard and blah, 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 blah. He was, and he was like, you should read this book. And he said, I forget the book, but it was like a book. It was a Christian book, but it broke. It was for addicts. Mm. And when I read that book, I said, I'm going to imitate this. Wow. So I got to make 12 steps. I'm going to sit down. I literally went in my journal and looked for stages where I felt like I turned the corner somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's how I came up with the 12 steps. Wow. That's amazing. So, um, you know, your first, the first class of self-realization of a goddess was opening your mind. Um, mm -hmm. How would you, how would you, tell someone who is interested of, of learning about self-accountability and names and all these things like how would you encourage them to open their mind because a lot of people are just completely closed like they are not hearing not not wanting to hear it you know what would you recommend that they do to really open their mind and just be acceptable accepting of when you start the process yeah mm -hmm. Um, I think that they have to, a person has to be, for them to, for them to get to the point where they even want to change their life, they have to be willing to evaluate the adversity in their life. And this is what we talk about in, in the mm -hmm. first 
class of class. opening your mind, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to evaluate the adversity in your life and actually examine patterns and examine certain things that keep happening, that keep happening. And once you admit that, then you're going to start asking yourself the why question. And that's where you have to be open-minded. Like you're not, you're, I would encourage them by saying that if once it gets to your why, why you keep creating the same scenario over and over. Like a lot of times women will be, women will be like, I just keep dating the same man. He, just, he got a different name, and but he doing mm-hmm. the same stuff. And it's like, okay, so that means that it's really you, yeah. right? So if you really want to figure out how is it you, you have to be open-minded. Yeah. I, I like, and during, the, during that class, or I think a few other classes, you kept reminding us, you know, the wise make you wise. Yes. You know? And so without asking that question, um, I don't think that people would gain the wisdom that they're seeking either. Right. So right. My, and then my, you have to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you tell us that too. You're like, you gotta be honest with yourself. Like if you're lying to other people, you're lying to yourself. And I don't think mm-hmm. that a lot of people understand that either, you know? Yeah. I don't think people even realize where they're lying to themselves at. I don't, matter of fact, I know because <laughs> I do it too. You know, uh-huh. one thing I always say in class is I have not arrived. I have not mastered a lot of things, but I am probably more self-aware than the average person. Mm-hmm. So which is what I call self-realization is to be like fully self-aware. And so because I, because I know that a lot of my whys come from seeds that were planted when I, or not planted when I was young, mm-hmm. I'm able to pinpoint, oh, that's a codependency issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a lack of self-esteem issue. And that's where I mean, you have to be honest with yourself. I mean, you're not going to be honest about, well, I keep attracting the same guys because I really have low self-esteem and I keep choosing men that I, and then I'm turning around saying that they're beneath me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm subconsciously doing it. Like if you're not going to admit that, then you're going to just keep going around and around in circles. Right. It's cyclical. Yeah. So my next question is, um, how would you correlate spirituality and religion? Because that's huge. You know, a lot of religious people separate spiritualism. And so how would you, how would you correlate the two? Yeah. Um, I don't separate them. <laughs> I know you probably know that. Mm-hmm. I don't separate them. And the reason, I mean, I can understand why people do because of on the surface, it appears like religion is super structured and you can't do this and you can't, and that's true, right? It's like all about what you can and can't do. And spirituality is more free-flowing. Everybody's love and, you know, everyone is free to do what they want to do and think what they want to think. And religion is more like, no, this is God and you got to do this, right? So mm-hmm. that's how uh, that's how majority of the world separate them. Yeah. But for me... I always say everything is the same, appearing different. Different. Everything really is the same, but they look like they're different. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, if if one was to really study all different types of religions, they would realize that they all really have the same message. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why they really all 
go back to the cores of ancient so-called spirituality. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Um, okay. They, they go back to uh, all ancient spirituality, which ancient spirituality really comes down to the laws of feminine and masculine energy. Mm -hmm. Not man and woman, but feminine and masculine energy, which is the same as as within, so without, as above, so below, what's on the right is on the left, what's up is what's down, the mirrors and the law of attraction and all of that. Mm -hmm. If one was to really study religion deeply, or if one was to study their book, their Quran, their Bible, um, I don't know, whatever, whatever other major books is out there. Those are like the main two, right? Right. They, they will realize that these books are really breaking down these laws. And that's the reason why it really all goes back to spiritual principles. Mm -hmm. They're the same. Cool. So the next question is, <clears throat> you talk about duality. Could you give us an example of what this means for someone who may have a hard time understanding that both evil and good is within? Yeah, I read that question when you asked. I was like, oh, duality is such a tough subject. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going I'm to tell you, uh, that question came up because for the last week, it, it, it seemed like everything you were talking about was about duality. And so I was like, oh, that's going to, I got to write that down. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote that down and, and I was like, yeah, I need to ask this question. Yeah. Well, it's good that you asked it in a way that you just asked, because like I just said earlier, the, uh, all cosmic law or all religion goes back to this universal understanding of as above, so below, as within, so without, right, left, on, mm -hmm. off, you know, and that is duality. That is what duality is. So if we, if, you, if how do we, you ask, like, how could we get a person to understand that all good and evil is really within, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because if someone understood, like, okay, so let's take a tree for, this is the best way I can give an example to get someone to understand how one is really the mirror of the other. Mm -hmm. They just look different. Take a tree. The tree underneath the ground is the roots of the tree that whatever seed that was planted there. Mm -hmm. And then you can't see that though, right? The only thing you see is the tree that's above, mm -hmm. but you can look on a tree or even a plant. Let's just take a plant, a house plant. When the leaves start to get brown or they start to get dry and brittle and they break off, it's because something is going on in the root, right? Mm -hmm. mm. Something is going on in the root of the plant. Right. So what's happening below is really just showing what's happening above. Yeah. So what we call evil is the same thing. If mm -hmm. evil manifests in the world, what I call the physical realm, it's because of what's going on inside of each individual person. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to expound on that question just slightly because <clears throat> one of the key things that you pointed out in your post about duality too was the fact that... Um, Jesus, it was about, it was a post about Jesus and Satan. Oh, and yeah. I know this might be some triggering words yeah. for, for yeah. some, some people. Um, and I ain't even going to lie. If, if I would have read that post, like maybe five years ago, I'd be like, uh-uh, get behind me, Satan, me, Satan, you know, 
you'd have blocked me like you couldn't have blocked me quick enough you'd have been on your phone like uh-uh no you're right yeah no seriously that was when I was blocking I stopped blocking people because I'm like it doesn't even matter anymore <laughs> right. but um you know with with that I don't think that a lot of people understand that relation between Satan and Jesus and they both come from God so did you want to expound upon that a little bit? Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll put it like this. Um, there's a scripture in the Bible that's Isaiah 45, 7. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly, but this is a scripture where God says, I create the good and the evil or something mm-hmm. to that extent. Yes, I know it. Isaiah 45, 7. I make peace and I create evil. Mm-hmm. Right. So that scripture right there is letting you know that it's the evil is coming from the same source. <laughs> like, right. It's coming from, it's still coming from what, what one calls God. Mm-hmm. So there really is no separation. It just appears like it is. Like I said, everything is the same appearing different, different. right? So that's one thing we can look at. And then the other thing or the other scripture, there's a scripture where, Satan comes to God and God gives in the book of Job, right? God mm-hmm. gives Satan the, the go-to. Basically, you know? he gives him the green light to put these infirmities so, on, on yeah. Job. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where did it really come from? It's like, it's like Satan is the employee and he goes to the CEO and says, hey, can I go, you know, mess with this person or whatever? And the CEO says, yeah, go ahead. And so he who, wouldn't, he wouldn't have if God didn't give him permission. What I'm saying Where's the permission coming from? Mm -hmm. So that's why there really is no separation. Mm. You know, Mm. there really is no separation. And even if we want to take it a step further, the scripture where Satan comes to quote unquote tempt Jesus, I personally interpret that as in your personal life, this is where the adversary comes to prepare you for you stepping in your great I am because that Jesus, everybody had to be, everybody has to be tempted, even Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. The temptation is really the preparation for you walking in who you claim that you are. So mm-hmm. before you can do that, you have to be questioned. So Satan is going to come and see if you actually believe the things that you are claiming. Oh, you claim are you the son of God? Let me see. Do this. Mm-hmm. Do that. And if you pass the test, then you can go on and preach the gospel. Right, right. You can go on and and work for God because that's what Jesus did, right? Work basically worked for God. Mm-hmm. So, but first you have to be tested to see if you're really authentic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Satan is playing that role. That's right. interesting because you know I'm, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about that scenario and some people. What what do you think about people who have been faced with that test and they're not supposed to do something, but they do it anyway, just to prove that they have, you know, that they can do it or, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Because what's going to happen is the universe is going to show them that they weren't mature enough. Mm. That's Mm -hmm. what I believe is going to happen. Mm -hmm. The universe, the universe will manifest what you want. Um, Matter of fact, if if anybody's um, interested, Florence Chevelle, look her up on YouTube. 
um, as, Girl, I went, I, as, as soon as you, as soon as you gave us the affirmations from your word is your wine, I went, I, I found this book and I was Girl, like, Oh, <laughs> she is the bomb. Okay. Yes. yes. And oh, I just lost my train of thought. Why did I even bring her up? What did you ask again? Um, someone, um, uh, we were talking about people doing something when the universe shows you you're not oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. So Florence Chevelle talks about how the universe will manifest your desires. Um, and sometimes it will manifest it very, um, what's the word, violently. Mm-hmm. I believe she uses that word violently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll manifest it in a way where you're not even really going to benefit from it that much because you, you weren't mature enough to even handle it. But mm-hmm. so the purpose of that was to show you that you weren't mature enough for what you're asking for. Mm. So I believe that that's what happens with that. Everybody always gets what they deserve. Mm-hmm. You always get what you deserve. And even when it manifests in a way that's not healthy for you, it's to show you that you weren't really ready for that. But here's what it looks like. Right. I'm going to give you a little glimpse of it. Here's what it looks like. Yeah, and until you mature... If, you, if this is something that you yeah. you still continue to desire until you reach maturation, then you will experience it in abundance or, you know, experience it in a different light than, than yeah. that violent, you know, wake up call. Yeah. yeah, you're still going to experience it. It just may not look the way you want it to look because you're not even ready for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that you just said too was, um, about you get what you deserve, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I just, it grinds my gears to hear someone say, favor ain't fair. Mm-hmm. And I had got to the point, <laughs> every time I see that phrase, every time I hear it, I'm like, uh-uh, favor is fair. Just like justice mm-hmm. is fair. If you want someone to be punished for something that they did wrong to you or to someone else, that's fair. But if someone is being blessed because, you know, and you don't think that they deserve it, no, that's fair too. Favor is just as fair as justice. So that that makes total sense. Yeah. (laughs) The whole universe operates on fair. And I'm talking about F-E-A-R too. That kind of fair. Come on, come on, (laughs) come on. Bring it to me, bring it to me. (laughs) Because you talk about fear a lot. You talk about fear. Yeah, I do, because it's like, it's either it's either love or fair and even when it's love it's still if it's backwards then it's fair like fear is like love backwards Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but it's like people don't realize that you that we are creating from this this energy of either abundance or lack right right so a lot of times we are manifesting things because we have a lack mentality and also most of the time um People think of lack mentality, they only think about money. They yes. don't think about lack of love. Mm-hmm. They don't think about lack of, um, I don't know, just the, the air in their own body. You know what I mean? They don't think about lack of health or like, it's not just like, I'll give you, I'll give you, this is, this is one of my main examples that I like to use because there's this idea that, oh, there's, there's not enough men on the planet. And because of that, women should practice polygamy and, um, if, if I believe in the law of abundance, then why do I have to tell myself that story? Right. Right. I don't care what the statistics say. 
You know what I mean? If if it's, if I believe in the, if I don't have a lack mentality when it comes to men or whatever I want, mm-hmm. then I don't have to experience that that lack. Right. You know what I mean? I don't have I don't choose to experience that. So yeah, when it comes to the that lack mentality is like a fear. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, let me just hold on to this because I fear that I'm not going to be able to experience it in any in any other way. And so we wind up creating these desperate situations and it, it, it manifests in all different kind of ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting because I had a conversation yesterday about capitalism and socialism and communism and stuff. And I know this is not, uh, it, <laughs> it is spiritual capitalism and, and it, it communism all and all spiritual. So yeah. when it comes to capitalism, there's people who really believe that, you know, it's, it's not good for humanity. Um, and I was explaining that, you know, in this country, technically we are a capitalist, a capitalistic socialist country because we do have the government taking care of certain individuals who mm-hmm. lack or have that mentality of lack, right? Right, right? Capitalism, people who are experiencing that from that perspective has a mentality of abundance. And it gets dangerous when you tip over into greed. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, The universe also operates off that as well because um, capitalism, I believe anyway, it it has a a sense of competition to it, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's what commerce is as well. Like it has a sense of competition to it. And so when we think about universal law, we should always compare it to what happens in the womb. That's one of the things that I teach in self-realization of a goddess. Like everything is really based on what's happening in the womb. And what's happening Mm -hmm. in the womb is the sperm, they competing. Yeah. They're competing to get to the mother, right? They're competing because they want to, they want to create with the mother so that they can create this divine experience or whatever. But that is the same as how commerce works. That is the same as how capitalism works. It's like whoever has the most grandest idea and who puts in the most work, whether it's work up here or physical labor or whatever, like they the ones who are going to sell to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, girl. Ooh, I know that wasn't one of the like prep questions, but that, that yeah. was so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like either you're going to be which you're going to be both really because the buyer is also the seller, right? It's the mm-hmm. same stuff that we, uh, I don't know, the CEO, let's say Elon Musk, right? Even though he's the creator of, you know, Tesla, he's still going to the store and buying, you know, bread, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So he's still a consumer, you know what I mean? So I'm saying we, we're, we're, we're playing the, both the roles of the consumer or the, um, the creator of products, but capitalism is like, you're 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 bigger on the on the creative side of it right i kind of right. feel like it, it 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 leans towards rewarding the creator or or the person who is using their creative energy versus the person who's just just constantly consuming and, mm-hmm. and not really producing anything right right that and that goes back to the scripture where it talks about the uh king giving the gentleman the talents so he gives one the 10 talents and then he gives the other one talent and the one with one talent went and buries it because he didn't want to lose it. And then the other with the 10 talents went and multiplied it. And so when he came back and said, you know, what have you done with the talents that I've given you? And 
he looks at the one and he makes him dig it up. And then he gives that talent to the one who had 10 and multiplied it. And that's capitalism. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's like, because you didn't use your gift, the Bible talks about that. Like Bible talks about like, even with the prodigal son, like you wouldn't just waste it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can come back though, you yeah. know, but when, when you don't use your gift, it's like the universe, like you get, you get used, use it or get used. Yeah. Yeah. Oh girl. Okay. So let's move on to the next question. I'm looking at the time. I'm like, this is so good. Oh my gosh. Um, so the next question that I have is when did you decide to become an ordained minister and how did you identify the program? Because this is a special program that you, um, you signed up for. Yeah. You mean, how did I find it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so I decided to become an ordained minister, like on paper <laughs> when I quit my job. Um, because I was already teaching metaphysics. I was already, already had like what you call a quote, quote following or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to be official. I wanted to, and I wanted to expand what I was known for doing. So like, yes, I wanted to do weddings, funerals, um, baptisms, which is all in line with me being a doula as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, to spread myself further. And I felt like by me having the title reverend, um, that that would kind of officiate me. Now, I personally believe that like, you already you just claim it and that's what you are. But mm-hmm. in the masculine world, people look for the piece of paper. Yeah. People look for the proof. In the masculine world, people look for the proof. They want to know like, well, where's your certificate? Well, where's your... And so I just could be like, bam, here it is right here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, I remember that I, there was a post, one of these groups I was in, there was a post and they were talking about like, I don't know, bipolarism or something like that. And I commented on it and I said something like psychological, right? And the girl came behind me and she was like, you should be very careful, you know, what you're saying, unless you're some kind of doctor or whatever. And I couldn't wait to say, actually, I am an ordained minister and I have a master's in metaphysical psychology. Mm. It sounds fancy, okay? Yeah, it does sound real fancy. You fancy, huh? (laughs) (laughs) and then she just shut her right on up yeah but you know that ain't nothing but I got my degree from the University of Metaphysics and because I studied you know the 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 psychology of the universe I have an understanding of that but I was already teaching this that stuff before I even did it I'm not Mm going to say that it didn't enhance what I already knew it Mm -hmm. definitely enhanced but to answer your question you know I, I decided to do that when I quit my job so that I could add value onto myself Mm, that's good so the last question that I have is what would be three key words that you would share to encourage people in the current natural climate and this is in terms of you know what's happening politically in our country around the world and uh, particularly with you know the coronavirus because you you were on that when that when that came up last year you were you were on that so because I started breaking the words down and I saw exactly what you know it had to do with you know mm-hmm. it had to do with the crown and we were going through a rebirth and we were going through a global reincarnation mm-hmm. uh, we 
we go through individual reincarnations. We do things individually and collectively at the same time. But to answer your question, um, the first word I would I would say that people should be aware of within themselves is faith. And the reason why I'm saying that word is because the word faith in Hebrew is immune, mm -hmm. immune. Right. So that makes you think of the immune system mm -hmm. that tells us that the true immune system is based on faith is your it's, it's it's and faith is all about what you believe. Right. So when it comes to the threat of where the country is going, the threat of um, this uh, this global disease or whatever, um, if we change how we think about that thing, then according to universal law, this ain't Kamisha saying this, according to universal law, you're going to create what you believe based on your faith, which is your real immune system. You keep your immune system in check by you having faith and by you believing that I'm healthy, mm -hmm. that I'm going to continue to be healthy, by you actually matching that by doing things that, that are healthy, working out, eating right. You know, some people are into CMOS these days. CMOS is a big thing. Um, I was scared of, by the way, until I tasted it. I was like, this doesn't taste like anything. Taste so like I put anything. it in my oatmeal. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that, that's what Daryl recommends. He recommends, that's why he makes smoothies with them so that people don't have to do all that. But um, yeah, he, he, mixes, he mixes that in with everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oatmeal toast. It doesn't taste like anything. Mm -mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would say, you know, you got to get your faith system up. Even when it comes to, you know, what's going on in the, in, the, in the political realm, people will say that even Christians, they will be like, you know, God is in charge. And all right, so what you worry for then? Is God in charge or not? Right. My dad, he'll be like, God is on the throne, but you cursing Trump out. Why? Because yeah. God gonna still be God. Let God be God. Let you God know? do what, what he know he gonna do. <laughs> let God do what God gonna do. Mm -hmm. One of my models is let me go let me go on and get out of God's way. Let me mind my business, my little old finite business. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Let me just get over here to the side and not meddle in God's business. What I what, and by that I mean worrying about. What's going to happen in the future? Oh, they're going to shut everything down. We're going to run out of food. Martial law is going to come in. They're going to start making everybody get a vaccine. And guess what? I'm going to cross that bridge when I get there. In the meantime, I'm going to have faith that my God takes care of me. And my God is bigger than any of this stuff. So faith is one word, mm -hmm. right? So what's your second word? I did write <laughs> down. Because of course I don't completely forgot. Um, my second word is truth. Now, ironically, faith and truth really are the same word. Uh, they come from the they come from the same Hebrew word. But I want us all to be mindful of when we're listening to things and we're hearing things in the media. We have to use discernment about truth. And just because you hear something on the news. It doesn't automatically make it right, true, and correct. Right. You know, um, one of the classes, and you know, Marla, the second class in the socialization course is called Words Cast Spells. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have to be aware that the media 
they are like the biggest magicians. Yeah. And, and, like I, and the, I work in the media. <laughs> yeah. Even mm-hmm. when it comes to marketing and because I have my own business, I understand marketing. Marketing is about casting spells. Let's just be real about it. Mm-hmm. Right. You're getting, you're, you're sprinkling some magic words and you're trying to get people to dig their hand in their pocket (laughs) and hand their money over to you. Like, I mean, that's really what marketing is. So that's what media is too. Even to be, even, um, yeah, to be honest, the word media comes from the word Medea, which is the name of a, a goddess. It's some Uh type of goddess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a goddess named Medea. Wow. It's magic. So the other word is yeah, truth. You know, don't believe everything that you hear because you have to remember that they're playing, by they, I mean the government, they're playing a role to cast spells. They have their own agenda. Um, and yeah, I talk, about, I talk about all that in the, in the course. So yeah. the third word is remember. We have to... We have to remember that we are spirit first. If we we go into panic because we're being triggered by all of this physical stuff, we're being triggered by, let's say, like if they talk about martial law, they're gonna all come. We're, we're gonna all be locked up and put into uh, what they call the military camps, and like these are the things that people are saying, right? Mm-hmm. But that's because we're thinking about our physical body being harmed. And I understand the fear behind that, trust me. I'm not sitting here saying that I'm completely fearless and man, I don't care about none of that stuff. That stuff crossed my mind too. But every time I get to that space, I just remember that I'm spirit first. This is Mm -hmm. why the Bible says, I forget what scripture it is, but it says like, no man can can really harm me. No. Somewhere maybe in Psalms, I think. No man can can harm me. Because what can man do to me? Yeah. Yeah. Psalms talks about that a lot, about having no fear. Like who, you know, God is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That's my favorite. Who shall I fear? Yeah. Right. Psalms 27. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. And it's like, if we really remember that we are spirit first, we -hmm. wouldn't fear anything, even death. And that's the reason why Jesus is such a profound character because everybody wants to be like Jesus, but they don't want to do what he did. Right, right. Whether we take the story literally or not, they don't want to do what he did. He faced the government. He told them, I'm a child of God or I'm a, uh, the son of God. Mm-hmm. And he was willing to die for what he believed in. Right. How many people really willing to do that? Not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. Oh, Kamisha, this was amazing. Oh my gosh, we're coming up on, on the end of, of this episode. And I'm just, I'm so full today. And I, I just appreciate you uh, for walking in your purpose. And I'm telling you, I just in the last several months, um, you've helped me to self-realize and remember who I am and what I desire to do in this life. And I, I really appreciate you. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I really do. I Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you for sharing it. You know, I, I do this, um, I do it, I do it for that, what you just what you just said. You know, I do it for 
having the satisfaction of knowing that I genuinely helped somebody realize that they're powerful, realize that they create their own reality, realize that they can have and do and be whatever they want. And that's magical to me. That's magical for me. And that's why I would never, <clears throat> ever reduce myself to just, oh, let me just go back and get a regular job. Like, you no. know, because because Satan plays in my head too. I swear, Satan mm-hmm. plays in my head. And, and it's like, well, you know, just yeah, you're not, you are, n- you are nowhere near regular, honey. You, <laughs> you are, <laughs> you are amazing. And I, I, I want to be that. I want to walk in that, ref- that power and reflection too. Like, you know, because you're now doing it now. Yeah. Now I've gone through your course, you know, I follow, I was following you for a long time. I don't even remember when we became friends. I was just thinking like when did we become friends and how? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> um and I I remember just reading your stuff and and when I reached out to you I reached out to you for one thing I think it was the name interpretation first probably that that's and mostly that's like the hook yeah that's like my hook you uh you got a strong hook line and sinker girl <laughs> for real <laughs> so <laughs> go on and share how people can get in contact with you Oh, thank you. So you can find me on social media under Black Fire Nation on almost every platform. I'm on Twitter. I'm hardly on Twitter, hardly on there, but I'm on there. I got like 68 followers or something on there, but I'm on there. Um, on Facebook, uh, that's where most of my followers are. And I'm also on Instagram and I'm also on Clubhouse, even though I haven't been very active on there, but I am on Clubhouse. All of those platforms under Black Fire Nation, you, and Black, Black Fire Nation is spelled B-L-A-Q, Fire Nation, okay? You can also go to my website, blackfirenation.com. That's where you will find um, information about my classes. Um, I do classes every year, which Marla already spoke on. Um, where I travel and teach the class, and then I also do an online course. You'll find information about my name interpretations, number interpretations, mm-hmm. and just my services. I'm a doula. You, you'll find you'll find all that stuff on there. On my and website. we have a retreat and I also coming have a up. Yes, yes, yes. Just I do have a YouTube page too to make sure everybody knows that. Black and Fire Patreon. Nation, all those platforms. And she's on Patreon. And I have a Patreon. <laughs> yes, Black Fire Nation. Just Google Black Fire Nation. You're gonna find me all <laughs> over the place. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're doing a retreat in May. I'm finally going to get them uh, meet Marla. I'm excited. Crowns are being shipped out now. I, I hired my niece to come help me because, man, this year has been awesome. Um, this is my biggest class. I think I, I got like, um, there's 14 graduates, but there was about, there's about 19 people that finished the class, but everybody didn't do their quizzes. So mm, I'm so glad <laughs> I finished mine. Big... I get them notifications. Yes. I'm like, oh, I got to do it. <laughs> So yeah, thank you for that. And thank you so much for sharing this space with me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I love you, girl. I, mean, I, I can't wait too. to meet you. I can't wait to meet you too and give you a big old hug. I know, I'm excited. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. Well, that's it for today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. Oh, I am so full, y'all. Like this conversation was amazing. In the next episode, we'll be talking about faith and inclusion and why it's important for believers to practice what they preach. 
be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at The Meta Spiritualist and be on the lookout. I keep telling you guys, but it's coming. I, I promise you it's coming. We will be on your favorite podcasting platforms. Until next time, be blessed.